we came to rock the spot like Iron Man stars. They be the illest MCs in the world today. Cabaret Quan and the Aussie We back. You get it. Listen to them clear and put the box right near your ear. Light your buns and down your beers. Cause you can never fuck with who think you love me. Cats who rock Mac, knowledge, knowledge, street astrologers, light up the mic, guard now. This block joints, the character points. Come on, motor, roller, holder. Play it, guard, he pack over the shoulder. Home tanks, play it like Yanks. Check the franchise. Let's go. Front on my guys, my enterprise, flash, many lives. Let's go, right? Fakes like reflectors. He has sugar in his hand, his last crack career. We can can him, manhandle him. If you wanna run in his crib, get ditto, skate like a limo, and jet to the fly state. Relate, take a break. You got it, episode 41. We back. Right back at you. We can know what claim they doing the same shit we doing. Fuck the union, it's the same style. Was the trainer boy jump the turnstile on the alley? Try to challenge God for the new bounce, especially that aluminum bat in the act. Relax, lay back, sell a grenade a day. It pays black. The Mac 10 flex, white cats like Windex. Index finger be sore, busting these fly spreads. The Wally can't count crazily grins for five plans. Laying with my bitches and my mans and Lex lands and losing them. Jet to the stash and now Jerusalem abusing them. Rocking his jewels like we using them. Low pro star, seven things. We back, man. We right back at you, man. Levis, I swiping on dirt bike, pushing mellow like Vaughn Harper, radio bubble. Murder sleep away camp, the fly lady champ, the arsonist who burn with his pen regardless. Slaying all these earthlings and fake foreigners in the Philippines, pick up rubies, bubbling strings, buy a chemical cream. We burn kerosene. The conviction of my tape is rape wicked like Nixon. Blonde heads inscriptions with three sixes and kiss the pyramid experiment with high explosive. I slap box with Jesus, lick shots at Joseph, zooming like binoculars. The rap blacksmith, money's Rolex was popping. My favorite woo jams of all time right here though. Real rap, straight hip hop right here. 
jewels and fat pussy wounds. Let the guards build for the grill. Check out the man's skills, top secret technique. Too hard for you to peep in and keep it. Take your style of rap and watch a knuckle swing sweep it. I don't want to take me court and can't record my slaughter. Spoil the rotten donor, too good to be forgotten. Hot top notch, borderline rhymes as Hancock 96. My ill sound class is still hot. Get yourself shot. Yeah, we back. You got an episode 41 right back at you. I know it's a quick turnaround, but that's just how we feeling right now. And, you know, listen, man. Hey, man, I got I to gotta acknowledge that yesterday I, I didn't feel like I had one of my best episodes, man. So it's like anytime you play a bad game, you want to get back on the court immediately. And that's where we at right now with it. So... Um, yeah, I thought I had too many sound bites. You know what I mean? I don't know. It just wasn't, um, I didn't, I didn't feel it was my best work. So I got to be honest and self-assess, you know, what I'm doing, realizing that I'm not perfect. You know what I mean? This whole thing, uh, this pot and, and, and creating this content is definitely, you know, work in progress. And, you know, I'm striving to get better, you know what I mean, every time I, I step on the court. But, you know, at the end of the day, though, you know, you, st- you still got a ball, you know what I mean? So we back, man. So we definitely we definitely not going with as many sound bites as we had yesterday. That's for sure. I think I, I, think I was, like, over-soundbited yesterday. Um, for good, you know, for good reason, though, there was a lot going on. But still, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely minimizing the sound bites today. We are going to have a couple of them, but we definitely minimizing them. Um, and, and yeah, and that's one, definitely one of my favorite Wu jams. Uh, speaking of Wu, shout out to Method Man. He just had a birthday uh, last week. Can't wait to see him on Power Ghost. Uh, this comes out on St. Patrick's Day uh, on the Stars Network. So definitely can't wait to see that. Um, and since we, we kind of getting into, uh, the shows and entertainment, I went to go see Creed 3 today. And must I say, Michael B. Jordan, job well done, man. Michael B. Jordan, job well done. If that was your directorial debut, you killed it. Okay. You killed it, man. So let's just, we got to give you a round of applause, man. We'll make it clap. We'll make it clap. If that, if that was your directorial debut, man, I can't wait for the next Creed. Okay, this is a spoiler alert. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you might want to fast forward from this, this, this part of the show. But, um, the storyline, Amazing. Of course, you know, Adonis Creed has kind of transitioned from, you know, being the heavyweight champ and, and going out of boxing and trying to uh, basically run the gym and, you know, have fighters and basically get his Don King on. And, you know, he runs into his old his old pal. So it kind of, you know, goes along the lines of one of the old Rockies. Um, kind of, kind of. Not strange that Sylvester Stallone wasn't in the movie, but it was odd not to see him. 
Um, but you know, nonetheless, the movie was still a A one. But uh, yeah, man, Jonathan Majors. Shout out to Jonathan Majors, man. He killed his role too. And just the whole, you know, the plot of you know Jonathan Majors coming back and and getting in the, you know, getting into uh, Donnie's life and integrating himself and and basically scamming a way to get a title shot. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, the the whole storyline was, was, yeah, it was deep, man. It was deep. The whole thing with Michael B. Jordan's daughter, um, you know, her having her issues, you know, with the sign language and, and dealing with her issues in school and, you know, wanting to be like her dad and be a boxer as well. I mean, that, that part was just super dope. Um, you know, the the part with Bianca and Donnie in regards to, you know, communication and how that's basically needed in relationships. And if you're not going to open up to your partner, it's going to be hard for them to understand you. They kind of tap into that. I mean, the, the whole, I mean, come on, man. The, the whole, I mean, the whole movie, man. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it's a great movie. I, I really don't have too much else to say about it. It, it was a great movie. Um, I don't want to give the whole movie away, but I mean, yeah, you know. I kind of I kind of expected it to end the way that it did um with Creed, you know, kind of boxing, you know, Jonathan Majors and um uh, yeah, I just I kind of expected it to end that way with them two getting into a, an intense boxing match. And that you know, that's how it went, but I mean, there were so many different you know, storylines and the characters had so much depth you know, with within within the storylines. I could see there being another one. I mean, you know, at this point, we, you know, we're we're at a, we're at, you know, a creed. It could be like Rocky. You know, Rocky went, I think, five. What Rocky Fat went five deep, maybe six deep. Creed is on three right now. I could easily see Creed going maybe another two or three more movies easily. And you know, hopefully, they're all directed by Michael B. Jordan because he killed it. He killed it, man. So I, I definitely thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I mean, the numbers at the box office um, definitely don't do it no justice. I mean, there probably should be more people going to see this movie. <clears throat> and, you know, definitely, man, if you haven't went and checked it out, man, go check it out. It does not disappoint. It does not disappoint at all. Um, shout out to, you know, Michael B. Jordan, Jonathan Majors, Tessa Thompson, uh, even even the part with Felicia Rashad in there, you know what I mean? It was was ah oh, man, it was deep, man. You know what I mean? It was deep. Because things like that, I mean, it's real life. I, I didn't expect that to happen. It kind of caught me off guard. I wasn't too happy with that part of the movie at all. But um, yeah, man. I mean, that, listen, great movie, man. Great movie from the beginning to end. It'll have you in your seat. It'll have you up. It'll have you going through different emotions. And yeah, it's a must watch. <clears throat> it's a must watch, man. And speaking of um, Michael B. Jordan, <clears throat> I got—I think I got a frog in my throat or something. Uh, I don't know if you've been on the internet or, or what's going on, or, or you know, if you've been checking out, um, you know, anything on Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Gilly from Million Dollars Worth of Game, Gilly and Wallow. He's got a Michael B. Jordan 
challenge going on right now. And this is what the basis of the challenge here. here I'm going with a soundbite, man. But listen, I'm not going to soundbite y'all to death, but you won't understand what I'm talking about if I don't play this soundbite. I'm sitting here talking to two, right? And um, I'm like, babe, you know we interviewed Michael B. Jordan yesterday, right? I'm like, babe, you know he got voted the sexiest man of the year. And she going to say, that's okay, baby, because you're the sexiest man of the decade. Now, let me just tell you this. If your woman not lying to you, hyping you the fuck up like this, then you get rid of the motherfucker. You hear me? If she not ego boosting, hyping your motherfucking ego up, lying to you, making you feel good as a man, then you get rid of that motherfucker. Yeah, man. So that that's the Michael B. Jordan challenge, man. So Gilly, Gilly then got people... You know, going around on the internet, filming, you know, their significant other and asking them basically, well, no, not, yeah, not asking them, but kind of just state, making a statement of, you know, Michael B. Jordan was sexiest man of the year. Do you think he should have got it? Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, the woman is supposed to say, oh, well, I think you're the sexiest man talking to her significant other. I think you're the sexiest man of the year. That's basically what, you know, the, the challenge is. If your woman does not say that and they go with, oh, yeah, I think Michael B. Jordan's the sexiest man, or if they pick somebody else, they kind of fail the challenge. And it's entertaining. You know, Gilly is going back and forth. He's posting all types of people's answers uh, on the challenge. And, yeah, I'm entertained, man. I'm I'm definitely entertained. Uh, I'm not sure how much longer the challenge is going to go, but if you have not went to Gilly's page and checked out the challenge, definitely go check it out. It is funny. Uh, I wish I could have some more. You know, I think Adrian Broner did it. Black Boy JB did it. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, listen, it's funny, man. It's definitely funny. So go ahead and check that out, man. Um, I kind of want to stay on some more entertainment and kind of get into uh, BMF and Snowfall. So we're going we gonna to start with BMF. The last episode of BMF. Listen, there's only two more episodes. Yeah, I think they're episode eight right now on BMF, so there's only two more episodes left of BMF. And I'm loving the season so far. I'm completely loving the season right now. The character development is going crazy. Um, Miles Truett, B, B, Mick, B. Mickey, he's putting on a master class of acting right now. I hope he don't die. There was, there was a couple episodes ago, I definitely wanted him to go. Cause I didn't like that he was working with Detective Bryant. It looked like he was trying to snitch on Meech. But he's completely done a 360 and flipped that. And now he's back on Meech's side. Meech, is no, Meech knows everything that you know Bryant was trying to do to him. And, and now they back together on the same side. Uh, it appears that him and you know T are going to have some beef um, moving forward in these next two episodes. Uh, and I hope they don't kill B-Mac. Because Miles Truett, man, I'm telling you. He's putting on a master class. But, uh, yeah, man, Meech, Meech is definitely, you know, he's he's evolving. He's definitely taking over. You can see he's bossing up in all aspects, him and, him and T. And they're definitely doing their thing, man. And, you know, their acting is definitely is definitely on point. Um, listen, I don't trust Lala, okay? I don't trust Lala in the show not one bit. And T is definitely whipped over Lala, and I don't trust her. I'm not sure what's what's going to happen. Lala is cheating on Boom. She's cheating on her man with T, 
And she's, yeah, man, I don't trust her. I, I, I just don't. I don't know why it is. And T keeps telling her everything. You know what I mean? She's, you know. She she done brought tea around the kids and yeah, it's just a whole lot, man. But for some reason, there's something about Lala that I'm just not really rocking with. I, I, you know what I mean? I'm just not. And I I I don't know exactly where the storyline is going with them two, but believe you me, I'm not rocking with I'm not rocking with Lala on the show right now. Wanda T got problems, man. He got women problems because I'm not rocking with Wanda. Well, no, Wanda's holding. Actually, Wanda's holding it down. She could have snitched on T to, to to Detective Bryant, and she didn't. So I'm kind yeah. So I'm I'm still Team Wanda right now, but I'm definitely not Team Lala at all. So, um, Lamar. I mean, Lamar is definitely still around. I'm I'm definitely rocking with Cash Doll and her role, and. I know she's trying to set Lamar up for Meech, but for some reason it seems like she's going to fall back for Lamar, and I don't think they're getting Lamar up and out of here by the end of this season. I definitely don't think they're getting Lamar up and out of here by the end of the season. Lamar is smart, and he's he's ruthless. I mean, he's a ruthless character. So not sure what's going to happen with, with that situation. And um, speaking, speaking of Meech and, and, uh, and what he got, I want to see more of Soraya. I want to see more of Soraya, okay? Meech got a couple love interests in, in the show. Um, he got Cash Doll. He got Soraya. But I want to see more of Soraya, so hopefully that happens. But we'll we'll see uh, how that goes moving forward, man. Charles finally got caught cheating on Lucille. I knew that was coming. Mabel, oh, man, she's wild. But it ain't Mabel's fault. Charles, Charles is out here wilding, okay? Charles was definitely out here wilding. Um... I want to see where that storyline's going to go as far as is Charles going to get back in the house. I think Meech and Charles are going to get closer because of this whole situation. Um, and then, you know, at the beginning of last season, even going into this season, Charles hated Meech. You know, he wanted, he was all about T and he kind of hated Meech. But I, I believe that this cheating situation is going to bring Meech and Charles a lot closer together. So, you know, we're going to recap, you know, the... the the season finale of BMF. We ain't gonna do nothing on, on this week's episode. We'll wait till after we see the season finale next week, and we'll recap it. But if you haven't, you know, haven't seen BMF, definitely tune in. New episode this Friday, and uh, yeah, man, shout out to Donnell Rawlings on BMF. He's killing it as Lamar's cousin. He killing it too. And oh man, and and you know what? Let me not let me not forget to say this. Detective Brian sex scene. With with uh with his partner, that caught me so much so much off guard. I didn't know what to do with myself. They caught me so off guard, man. I wasn't I wasn't mad at it for Brian though. You know he's a little he, you know I wasn't mad at it for him, but it definitely caught me off guard. All right, so let's kind of let's kind of you know transition over to snowfall. But that's the that's my little yeah that's my recap on BMF. Right now I'm giving BMF. A grade of an A of an A minus, just for the simple fact it's not an A plus, just for the simple fact that the season's not over yet. But right now it's an A minus. I, I got no complaints about the show. So, new episode, episode nine Friday. Yeah, I'll be ready. Let's get into um this snowfall recap. Uh, new episode of snowfall coming out this week, uh, Wednesday. Um, last week's episode. 
was all about Leon. And I, I definitely, you know, I was rocking with that because I, I want to see more about what, what's going on with Leon and Wanda. And I definitely want to, um, I want to see exactly where, what he's going to do. He has a big decision to make. Leon has a very, very big decision to make in regards to if he's going to rap with Franklin or if he's going to hop on. Uh, Jerome's and Jerome and Louis sat, and that that decision is not going to be is not easy. That decision is not going to be easy at all. And oh, what is that? In the last episode, you know, I didn't like the whole coming to America wedding that they had. I thought it was kind of clichéish, uh, for lack of a better word. I did not like that. I was not a fan of that 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 wedding that they had, but I did like to see Leon. You know, just kind of have his his moment. Leon has been one of my favorite characters of the show, of uh, this whole time. He's been holding it down since day one um, of the show, and it was good to see Leon's character just get a whole episode just for himself because he hasn't really had that at all. Uh, in regards to you know what's going on with Franklin. Listen, I do not trust Franklin's baby's baby's mom at all. Um, if you look at Franklin in the history of all the women that he's dealt with, they've all done him dirty. It was male. First it was male. Then it was the girl after that that was, you know, working with man boy. And, and now we got her. Listen, I know she's pregnant with Franklin's child, but I don't trust her. I don't. I just, I just don't trust her. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with her. But Franklin's track record with these women is not good. It's not good at all. Uh, let's see what what else what else is going on in Snowfall. I mean that whole that that last episode being all about Leon, then kind of threw me off a little bit. But um, yeah, man, I, I'm looking forward to the, the rest of the season. I want to see what's going to happen with Sissy and Franklin and Ruben. Um, What's gonna happen with Teddy and you know Teddy and his 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 love interest in the show, who really has no purpose in the show, but she's in it, and Teddy is Teddy appears to be whipped over her because he's you know he's trying to he almost got killed messing with this girl, so I would like to see what's gonna happen with that. Ultimately, at the end of the season, I don't think Louis makes it out to see either her or Jerome is gonna die. One of those two is gonna die. That that's a fact. I don't know which one it's going to be, but Louis Jerome is going to die. I believe Franklin, you know, walks out on top. Now we're, we're only three episodes in. There's definitely you know a lot more episodes left, but I can't see Franklin going through all that stuff and him and Jerome not being together at the end. Okay, Louis Louis can go, man. Louis Louis left Jerome was messing with Claudia. Then came back after, you know, Claudia talked bad about her. At the end of the day, Louie don't really love Jerome, okay? If if Claudia wouldn't have said whatever she said about her and talking about getting her from the street, she would still be with Claudia. So I'm not I'm not really trusting Louie either. So <clears throat> I want to see Jerome definitely, you know, happy at the end. I want to see Leon happy at the end. I want to see Franklin happy at the end and Sissy. Um, as far as Teddy, 
I either want to see Teddy back working with Franklin and, and them two back on top, or Teddy got to go. You know what I mean? That them is them is the only options for Teddy. So that's you know what I mean. That's that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at right now. Right now with Snowfall, man. But you know, there's definitely some talk right now going on the internet about Snowfall and The Wire, and and you know, people talking about Snowfall is better than The Wire. Listen, we gotta relax, man. You millennials, you Generation Z people, y'all have no no idea. Y'all don't even know about The Wire to be even to be even making statements like that. Okay, y'all gotta relax, man. The Wire is a classic, a classic drug um, series. Okay, it's a classic drug series, and I I told y'all I had a top five list for y'all. Okay, that I wanted to kind of run off, and do I got time to do it today? Um. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we going we going we we going to run it off real quick. Just just real fast. We ain't going we ain't going to do no deep dive into this top 5 list cuz we already running out of we already running out of time. Time running fast. We ain't going to do no deep dive into this top 5 list, but when we talking about Snowfall, we talking about The Wire, we talking about drug movies, drug series. I got a top 5 list of my top 5 drug movies. This is black or white. This is not, this is not, you know what I mean? This is not just top five black movies. This is top five black or white drug movies or sitcoms. Okay, no, matter of fact, we keep, we leaving the sitcoms out of this. I'm going to do a whole nother list with sitcoms because I kind of want to stick to the movies right now. Until, until the end of Snowfall, I want to stick to the movies because I don't know where to put Snowfall on my top five list of drug drug sitcoms. Of course, The Wire will be on there. Snowfall will be on there. Power will be on there. But I do not want to... I don't want to finalize that list until I see the end of this season of Snowfall. So, but let's get into this top five list of top five drug movies, black or white. Coming in at number five, and I had a hard time dealing with this number five. I got two honorable mentions. Coming in at number five for me personally is Blue Hill Avenue. Okay, if you haven't seen Blue Hill Avenue, um, definitely a classic movie. Uh, Tristan and the Gang, you know Alan Payne, he's in it. Uh, basically, a movie with you know four four dudes growing up together in the streets, and you know they you know they do what they do, and yeah, man, it's it's, it's definitely to me it's a top five movie. All right, it's a top five movie. Um, coming in at number four is Blow with Johnny Depp. I mean, we all know about Blow. That was a classic, uh, from, from start to finish. It could have been easily higher on this list, but I, I don't have it higher on this list because, you know, I feel like the movies ahead of, ahead of Blow are better than this. But I mean, definitely Blow. I mean, you could watch Blow over and over again. It's definitely, you know, one of the better watches as far as drug movies are going. Number three, people are going to be mad at me for this because I don't have it at number one, which a lot of people probably think it should be at number one, is Scarface. I know, say hello to my little friend. I know, I know, I know Scarface is, is you know, one of the original drug movies. Um, some people will say it definitely should be number one as far as, like, top movies of all time. I, listen, I understand that. But for me, personally, it's not number one. It's not. 
Is it a good movie? Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely, you know, one of the better drug movies. I definitely could watch it multiple times over and over again. But for me, it's number three. That's just where it is. Uh number two, I got paid in full. I mean, we all know the story about paid in full. Um Harlem, uh Money Mitch, Alpo, Ace. I mean, we are I mean, come on, it's a classic. It's definitely a classic. They was getting money in there. They were showing the money they was getting in there. And, it, you know, it definitely made you want to go out and get some money. You watch Paid in Full, definitely made you want to go out and get some money. Um, and I got that coming in at number two. Now, number one, I mean, you should probably already know what number one is, man. And number one for me is Belly. Number one for me is Belly. Belly is a classic. The soundtrack with Belly is what put to that number one for me. Because every song on the soundtrack goes with the movie. Alright, so just to, you know what I mean, how they put the movie together and put the songs together with the movie makes it number one for me. Alright, DMX, Nas, come on man. I mean, that. listen, Belly is a classic. I would still pay to watch Belly to this day. If they put Belly in the movie theaters and they wanted to charge people to go back and watch it, I would pay and go back to watch Belly again. I mean, that's an automatic. But that's that's my top five list of drug movies, black or white. Now, honorable mention, I got Shotters. Of course, you know the Jamaican movie, Shotters. Um, they was definitely doing it big in there. You know what I mean? That definitely made me want to go to Miami and, and live it up. Wayne, you know what I mean? They was down there doing doing big things. Um, and my other honorable mention, and I had, I had a hard, this, this was a tough decision. Between Blue Hill Avenue, Shotters, and my other honorable mention was In Too Deep with Omar Epps. Okay, LL Cool J. Man, that movie, psh, whoa. I, I feel bad because I I, it didn't make my top five list, but I like Blue Hill Avenue just a little bit more than I like In Too Deep. But if, if, if I'm doing top five black movies, In Too Deep is definitely making a list. But this is not just, you know, top five black movies. This is black and white. And I had a hard time putting in too deep a hit, in a hit of blow. Okay, George from, from Blow, I had a hard time, man. I had a very hard and tough decision in regards to putting in too deep in my top five. But it, it's definitely top five worthy. But I had a very, very hard time um, doing it, man. So... That's my top five list of drug movies. Blue Hill Avenue coming in at number five. Below coming in at number four. Is that my trash right now? What is that? It is. Scarface coming in at number three. Peyton Fool coming in at number two. And Belly coming in is my number one drug movie that I like to watch. Now, mind you, these is my personal opinion. Um, these are the movies that I like to watch. And yeah, man, that you're not changing my mind on this at all. You're not changing my mind on this on this list. It's just not happening. So, um, yeah, but I'm, we we definitely gonna do a top five list of drug series and sitcoms. But I gotta wait to see the end of Snowfall and see how the season ends before I can rank it. Uh, so let's let's kind of get out of here. We already look, we already we only got a half an hour left, man. Where these episodes be going quick. But we ain't we ain't really t- we ain't really touching in on a lot of things today. 
Um, just because you know we we dropped yesterday, but uh, let's get into this no no of the week. Um, this no no of the week is going to uh, a Massachusetts man. He's facing charges after he allegedly tried to open an emergency exit door while aboard a United Airlines flight from Los Angeles to Boston, and then he allegedly stabbed a flight attendant in the neck. And this no no is going to Francisco Severo Torres. I do have a little sound bite um, that we're going to play right now, just uh, from the news channel uh, in Boston. As she and other passengers were just so scared because that suspect was talking about a bloodbath. She also says that he was waving around a sharp makeshift weapon. Where are they diverting us? Because wherever it is, there's going to be a bloodbath. Passengers say the man made a terrifying mid-flight threat, shouting from his seat as passengers and flight attendants try to assess the danger. Since I'm taking over this plane, he then goes to the aisle. Passengers say he's holding a jagged metal spoon he allegedly broke in the bathroom to make a weapon. Then the dramatic moment as passengers tackle him, holding him down on the floor as the pilots declare an emergency. We are now in emergency aircraft. Moments earlier on the United flight from L.A. to Boston Sunday, passengers say he went on a lengthy and disturbing rant. So where's the Homeland Security with the gun? Because I'm waiting for them to point the gun at me. This is scary, man. That I won't die when I take every bullet in that clip to wherever in my body they shoot it, and then I will kill every man on this plane. Investigators say he also attempted to open an emergency exit door and tried to stab a flight attendant with the spoon. Tonight, 33-year-old Francisco Severo Torres is in federal custody as those passengers get praise for acting quickly to subdue the threat. This is where we're at in this day and age. Listen, man, shout out to the passengers that jumped on this man and, and, you know, prevented him from doing any more damage than what he had already done. Um, You know, not sure what he was, not sure why he was doing this. Uh, I, I mean, you just, you really just don't have no word, but that's a scary situation. You got a man on a plane, you can't move, you're on a plane, you're in the air, thousands of feet in the air. That's a very scary situation. Um, this dude is trying to open the door. Like, come on, we all seen Passenger Fifty Seven. Um, you know, when when the dude opens the door and they they do the stuff on there. Like, it, I mean, that's just a scary situation. Uh, this dude is talking crazy. Shout out to everybody that subdued this man. And I mean, I, I you know, me personally, I don't understand what possessed somebody to do something like that, other than the fact that he's looking for attention. And it goes kind of goes back to the whole Chris Rock thing from yesterday. Um, people want to be, you know, known for doing wild things, and it's yeah, it's a, it's a scary situation. It is a very scary situation. Uh, thankfully, nobody got hurt. Um, prayers to everybody that was on there. Prayers to the flight attendant uh, that he, you know. Yeah, I guess, well, I guess the person did get stabbed, so somebody did get hurt, so prayers out to them. Uh, hopefully that they, they're doing a lot better, and they, um, you know, hopefully they're not traumatized from the situation, man. But it, it's a scary, it's, it's a scary thing, man. So this no-no is going to Francisco Severo Torres for just basically doing something super-duper crazy, but this no-no is for you, man. Oh, yeah, but I can't talk-
Yeah, man. I, I really should, you know, I should have done part of my uh, shining segment on on the passengers, but we got some we got something else for the shining segment. Um, okay, now this this story right here that we are about to get into is one of the more confusing stories to me right now. I'm not gonna say it's confusing, but I would like to know what in the world like okay we we going listen Tucker Carlson so I don't want to I don't even want to like get into any speculation in regards to it but Tucker Carlson um has apparently done you know some research on the January 6th uh insurrection okay and it's being reported on, and they're trying to say that the whole thing was uh, basically fabricated, and the Democrats are lying. Um, this is all right. This is my last soundbite, man. This is my last soundbite. I said we wasn't doing a lot of soundbites, but this is my last soundbite. This is from Benny Johnson, and yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm personally, me personally, about this whole situation. I'm a little baffled uh, by the video that they have. And, and and what they're saying in regards to the Democrats. From January 6th, far from it. I would but love to hear from Angela Rao in this situation. The Democrats in Congress, assisted by Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, lied about what happened that day. They are liars. That is conclusive. And that fact should prevent them from ever being taken seriously again. We're going to begin tonight with footage that shows you what was actually happening inside the Capitol. The footage does not show an insurrection or a riot in progress. Instead, it shows police escorting protesters through the building, including the now. And supposedly, the, you know, all the people from the, this, this insurrection came from a protest. Pictures you've seen of January 6th. They're familiar because they've been playing on a loop on every media outlet in America for the last two years. There's a reason for that. But it turns out there's quite a bit of video you haven't seen. And that video tells a very different story about what happened on January 6th. More than 40,000 hours of surveillance footage from in and around the Capitol have been withheld from the public. And once you see the video, you'll understand why. Taken as a whole, the video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection. In fact, it demolishes that claim. And that's exactly why the Democratic Party and its allies in the media prevented you from seeing it. By controlling the images you were allowed to view from January 6th, they controlled how the public understood that day. They could lie about what happened, and you would never know the difference. Those lies had a purpose. They created a pretext for a federal crackdown on opponents of the Uniparty in Washington. Our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and awe that we could charge as many people as possible... The first thing you notice from viewing the full video record of January 6th is just how many people entered the Capitol building that day. Hundreds and hundreds of people, possibly thousands, over the course of about two hours. The crowd was enormous. A small percentage of them were hooligans. They committed vandalism. You've seen their pictures again and again. But the overwhelming majority weren't. They were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists. They were sightseers. Footage from inside the Capitol overturns the story you've heard about January 6th. Protesters queue up in neat little lines. They give each other tours outside the speaker's office. They take cheerful selfies and they smile. 
They're not destroying the Capitol. They obviously revere the Capitol. They're there because they believe the election was stolen from them. They believe in the system. Here's the man you've heard referred to as the QAnon shaman outside the Senate chamber. Okay, I ain't, I ain't going to play this, this, whole, this whole bit. But, I mean, you kind of get the gist of what's going on uh, in regards to what they're trying to say. Um, we also have a quote from, from Donald Trump who basically says, uh, congratulations to Tucker Carlson on one of the biggest scoops as a reporter in U.S. history. The new surveillance footage of the January 6th events sheds an entirely different light on what actually happened. The unselect committee was a giant scam and has now unequivocally been stamped as criminal fabricators of this most important day. Pelosi and McConnell failed on security. The police story is sad and difficult to watch. Trump, in quotes, and most others are totally innocent. Let them go free now. That is coming from directly from Trump's Twitter, his verified uh, account. And listen, I just, I mean, listen, you got to kind of look at the, the footage. And yes, they do have some footage where people are peacefully walking around um, the Capitol building. But the fact of the matter is that they're in there. So listen, I don't, I'm not here to, you know, say what they did or what they didn't do. All I know is that they were in the building. Um, there is some footage that is, you know, looks like they're ransacking the building. And there is some footage that looks like they are peacefully walking through the building. But the matter, the fact of the matter is that I don't think you're just allowed in the building. So I'm going to wait, you know, for some more, um, more people that are, I guess, more experienced in that aspect before I continue to comment on that situation. So I will I will wait to, you know, learn more information, um, hear more people's takes about it. But the fact of the matter is that they're trying to say it wasn't an attempted coup of the government and it was a peaceful protest. That's what they're trying to say. They have some video footage. It kind of looks like that might have been what happened. Uh, but it also they also have the footage that it looks like people are ransacking the you know the building. So listen, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna withhold judgment on the whole situation. And we will kinda we'll kinda just go from there with the you know, we'll kinda go from there. And, and we'll kinda wait this one out. But I do not see that this matter is going anywhere anytime soon. So um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what the response is to these allegations of, you know, the Democrats lying about this situation. So let's kind of, um, yeah, man, let's let's get out of here, man. Let's 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 kind of move on from that situation, man. But I, me personally, I know what it looked like before. I don't know, you know, what they got going on right now, but I know what it looked like before. This new footage does kind of look a little different, but it does not change um, what I think happened originally, which was they tried to just, you know what I mean, overthrow the government. That's what it looked like. So, that you know, that that's just where we at with it. Um, we got a couple minutes left. We're going to kind of get into a couple of sports takes. Um, update on John Morant. 
Uh, he's currently being investigated by the Colorado police um, just to see if he broke any jurisdiction laws in regards to bringing a firearm uh, to that area. And, you know, listen, Ja, we still praying for Ja. And, you know, of course, you know, every show was talking about Ja today. Um, shout out to Big Perk, Stephen A. Smith. They were on first take today preaching gospel. I'm not really going to do the sound bites for them because I don't want to, you know, sound bite y'all. I hate to keep repeating that, but I'm not going to do any sound bites from it, but definitely go check it out. But they were preaching gospel on there to John Morant. And every word that they said is to help John Morant out. You know what I mean? Everything that, that Big Perk and, and Stephen A. Smith were saying was to help John Moran out. I hope that Ja, you know, reaches out to Perk, who's been in the league, reaches out to Stephen A. Smith, who has been covering athletes for I don't know how long, and he's covered one of the most controversial figures in sports history, Allen Iverson, um, just to, you know, get some get some knowledge, man. You know what I mean? And and. I would hope that, you know, if, if Ja doesn't reach out to them, you know, maybe Big Perk. Well, Big Perk already said that he did reach out to T. Morant and Ja, and they kind of wasn't messing with him. So I can kind of see why Big Perk fell back from the situation. Um, but, you know, man, listen, if S.A. want to reach out, um, Shannon Sharp, if he want to reach out, I mean, everybody's concerned about Ja and his well-being, man. So, you know, the more the more arms we could put around Ja in this situation, the better. But, uh, you know, currently, you know what I mean? There's still Colorado police are investigating. Hopefully the, the foundings, um, they don't find anything. And, and Ja can kind of just get his suspension on, you know, with uh, the Grizzlies and kind of get can get back on the court sooner than later. Because at the end of the day, when you're going through something, um, your sanctuary is, you know, the field, the basketball court, the baseball diamond, the, the hockey rink, um, the golf course. That that's your sanctuary. That's where you want to be. That's where you thrive at the most. And you know, I want to see Jaw kind of get back to where he belongs and and back to being the superstar that he is. So uh, we also got some news coming in. The franchise tags went out today uh, in the NFL. Josh Jacobs got franchise. Uh, Tony Pollard got franchise. Those are the two most notable people. Um, the biggest situation we're kind of waiting for is Lamar Jackson. What Baltimore is going to do with him? Uh, are they going to franchise him? Are they going to transition tag him? Are they going to sign him to a contract? I am not a fan right now of the Baltimore Ravens. I'm a Steelers fan, so I really hate the Ravens. But when the Steelers are not playing and they're not in the playoffs and Baltimore is playing, I do root for Lamar Jackson. I would like to see him get paid, man. I don't understand what the problem is with Baltimore in regards to not wanting to pay this man his money. And I think that franchise tagging him, transition tagging him, is not fair to Lamar Jackson at all. It's not. Someone that you know has put his heart and soul into the organization to get a tag and have to play on a one-year deal is not fair to him. But so I'm I'm hoping that the two sides can come to some sort of agreement in regards to what you know what is reasonable for 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 Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, of course, the market, the quarterback market resets every year. With that being said, the price, you know, yesterday's price is not today's price. Fat Joe, he said it. Yesterday's price is not today's price. So what Lamar Jackson wanted 
two years ago when he was looking for a contract, which would have been cheaper than what it was right now. What he wanted last year would have been cheaper than what he wanted right now. The longer Baltimore waits to do this, the more money they're going to have to pay out. So we're going to wait and kind of see what goes on, what's going to go on with that. Derek Carr signed with the New Orleans Saints. So it's good to see him kind of land somewhere uh, in a division where there aren't any quarterbacks that are better than him currently right now. So the Saints look like, you know, the front runners of, of the NFC South. Unless Tampa Bay, you know, gets Aaron Rodgers or, any, you know, something crazy like that. Um, so that's the other domino that we're kind of waiting to fall is to see where Aaron Rodgers lands. Um, unless Baltimore, you know, they just had to trade Lamar Jackson. So I'm I'm not definitely not opposed to them doing that. You know, if they want to trade Lamar Jackson somewhere, he can get a long-term contract. By all means, do it. Um, I will say this. This is a quarterback-heavy draft. Anthony Richardson appears to be, you know, the diamond in the rough where he has the highest upside. Uh, in this draft, of course, you got Will Levis, you got Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. I mean, this is a quarterback. This is a quarterback-heavy draft. You got four potential first-rounders, um, franchise quarterbacks, and um, Stetson Bennett. You know, of course, from Georgia, who's a winner. I mean, he definitely, you know, is going to be up there as well. But uh, listen, I think Anthony Richardson is the steal of this draft. So we we ain't going to really get into too much draft talk right now, but. Um, nice to see Derek Carr, you know, land somewhere with, with some offensive weapons. Uh, hopefully Alvin Kamara's suspension, whatever he got going on that happened in Vegas gets cleared up. He can come back. Uh, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Taysom Hill. I mean, Derek Carr has some weapons. I, me personally, think that Derek Carr is a top maybe 10 to 12 quarterback, I would say. You know, borderline top 10 um, no, no further down than top twelve quarterback. So I was kind of sad to see him leave Vegas, but uh, ultimately he's he's in a good spot. He's playing in the dome. That's gonna work out for him. Uh, for the home games, they got a good defense, so that's gonna work out for Derek Carr. Um, so this it's a good place for him, man. It's a good place for him. Um, yeah, but we'll 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 kind of you know we'll kind of get into the draft. A little bit, you know, maybe a couple episodes down uh, before, right before the draft, we'll kind of get into the draft and and kind of uh, break down some of that. We'll break down, you know, what's going on in March Madness when it's about to be that time. Uh, conference tournaments in March Madness start this week. Uh, shout out to Jeff Capel for winning ACC Coach of the Year. It was well deserved. Um, he, you know, he definitely went took a team from basically worst to first. Even though we finished in fifth, but we had a chance to be first uh, on the last day of the regular season. And, um, you know, going into the tournament, kind of limping a little bit, but it's a new season. It's March. And, of course, March Madness is, you know, the best time of the year. It's the probably number one sporting event of the year. So we'll kind of get into March Madness at the end of this week after we get the conference tournaments out the way. Uh, we get the conference champions, and then we can kind of see what the field of 64 is looking like, uh, plus the playing games, and we'll kind of break that down. Um, speaking of basketball, we hit, oh no, hold on, let me not leave, let me not leave football. But before I get to the uh, to Giannis, let me. There's a there's a, a report going around about Tom Brady, 
potentially wanting to come back and go to the Miami Dolphins. Not sure how true this report is, but if it is true, I would not be surprised. Okay? And unfortunately, right now, I cannot cite my source. Let me see if I can find it real fast. But I seen it somewhere floating around. I seen it floating around. And I, you know, it's just a rumor as of right now. But there are some people that are saying Tom Brady might not be done. Uh, Rich Eisen from the new, you know, said in the New York Post, keep an eye on Tom Brady, I'm retiring. Sports Illustrated, Brady rumor blew my mind. I'm retiring again to join the Dolphins. So, the, I mean, these are some reputable sources that are reporting this. Not sure, you know, and, and I, you know, when Tom Brady retired the first time, I remember telling y'all until training camp comes, I don't know. I just don't know. So it's kind of interesting to see that these reports are coming out. I mean, New York Post, Sports Illustrated, those are some, you know, pretty big sources. Um, so, you know, we'll see, uh, in regards to, let's get back to this basketball take real fast. We're going to get into our shining segment and we're going to get up and out of here. Um, yesterday I reported that Giannis kind of stat padded to try to get an extra rebound and get a triple double. Well, the NBA apparently has rescinded that triple double and rescinded that extra rebound that Giannis got. Uh, according to the rule book, a rebound must be got off a shot that is a there's an effort to actually attempt to make the shot. So being the fact that Giannis did not actually attempt to make the shot, um, you know, it was not counted as a rebound. Therefore, he ended up with only nine rebounds. And I think the NBA only did that because, you know, this whole stat pattern conversation is going on right now. And, you know, they kind of wanted to make an example and, you know, make it seem like stat pattern doesn't exist. I get it. But, uh, yeah, man. You know what I mean? They rescinded Giannis' triple-double. Speaking of stat patent, we got Big Perk and J.J. Redick on first take tomorrow, 10 a.m. ESPN. Tune in. I think they're going to they gonna lip box, lip wrestle um, for sure over the stat patent situation. I hope it doesn't last that long because I kind of think we can kind of move on from that, that whole situation. But I am going to be interested. I'm going to be tuning in to see what they got to say. I will be tuned in. And so, um, we got a couple minutes left. We're going to get into the shining segment. We're going to shine a light on, um, yeah, we're going to shine a light on some people right now in this shining segment. And we have uh, the Global Children's Financial Literacy Foundation co-founders and Navy veterans, Prince Dykes and Chadrick Davis, have launched a kids book club that awards $40,000 worth of stocks and books. Okay, the founder's newest initiative is to drive focusing on the emergence of practical financial habits beginning in the earlier childhood stage. Based on a children's financial literacy book series called Wesley Learns, inspired by Prince Dykes to teach his son, Wesley, the book club program emboldens kids to read financial books that will help develop and strengthen their investment acumen. It requires participants to read three books. Wesley learns about credit. Wesley learns to invest. And Wesley learns about insurance. Upon completion of the program, 
participants are awarded the opportunity to receive stock options. Listen, I love this. Okay, I love this uh, more than you might know. You know, someone that is you know kind of new to investing. Um, this is you know this is this is what we need. You know what I mean? So shout out to Prince Dykes and Chadrick Davis. I want to shine a light on both of them. But this is what is this is what is needed out here in the community. And baby, what's going on here with my thing? This is definitely what is needed. And I am I couldn't be happier that this is happening. Forty thousand dollars, you know, they're they're dispersing the stocks. Um probably to, you know, multiple kids and they kinda can learn more about what's going on. And listen, as someone that at that age did not know anything, didn't even know what stocks were, listen, these kids right now reading those books, they're getting they're getting a head start in regards to doing that. So, I mean, of course, the earlier the better. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what we gotta do. Each one teach one in the community. So I, I, I couldn't be more happy with that situation. Uh and wait, hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I couldn't be more happy with that situation. So I kinda wanna shine a light on them. And then we are going to get out of here. Yes. Shine a light on both of them. Um, for doing that and just, you know, preaching this financial literacy. Prince Dykes and Chadwick Davis uh, shining that light on it. That light is for you. So listen, man, we out of here, man. You got it. Episode 41. And yeah, man, less sound bites. Definitely a way better episode than yesterday. And yeah, man, back on the court. That's how it is, man. You have a bad game. You got you to gotta get back out there. Okay. Got to get back out there, man. But we out of here. You got it. Episode 41, man. From these streets like a fiend for crack. You pull to be back. It's real. Got a nigga going. Cause no matter the drunk. Make sure you go see Creed 3. My dog's niggas on rock with it. Before you get clapped. With the tongue with two loops. Have everybody on the corner going. Holding their mouth. Shocked as fuck. I have it just get that boy out. And that is blood on my Tim Snitches call it one eight hundred crime stoppers when they see me they like Tom Brady man I wanna know what you gonna do Tom Definitely wanna know what you gonna do I wouldn't mind seeing you come back though when I be back get rid this gap Dog you know I flew Hell out of dodge Nigga about this paper Ain't no time to be sitting behind Bugger Fuck that never let a nigga take me out my zone if he tried and blow him and go Definitely gotta see what's, what's some more information on this January 6th thing, too. That's for sure. Snowfall Wednesday, FX, 10 o'clock, BMF, Friday, Stars, 8 o'clock. Cause I'm not playing, I'm banging hammers on niggas. Put hands on that nigga. It's like, ooh, this one of my favorite jams right here. I'm throwing like an animal, your whole team is scrambling. Come through, pushing them trucks, bitches be pushing and shoving them. Look, look at us, they go. go. You take a good look, bitch. It might be the last time you see gangsters like this thing. Cause somebody about to die, and it's gonna be a stampede when them shots fly. <laughs>
rip that nigga, you know, R.I.P. Your soul just lift up and, uh-huh, yeah, why the head?